and stretch out like a great big river. Wait on and let's swim together. And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice entering the temporal void.
from Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Duff Dixon. You're listening to Play It By Year, the show that examines the history of popular music one year at a time. You just heard Insay Insay by Turkish rock pioneer. Some call her the princess of Anatolian rock. Selda Bogkan. That song was from 1976. Yes, welcome to 1976 night on Play It By Year. Let's do a lost chapter of history. Oh, oh boy, I hear a choo-choo train coming. Coming down the track. Sounds like it's speeding up. Sounds like it's leaving the station. Could it be that one very special nation is celebrating a birthday? That boogie bass tells me that that might be the case. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. All aboard America, here comes the freedom train. All right, I'll get on board. Where's the The freedom trains are rolling down 200 years of track. Porter Wagner, is that you? Never to turn back. The train is called America. As I live and breathe, Dolly Parton, you're here too. A star-studded affair. freedom for all the world to see. That's right, we're talking about the United States Bicentennial in 1976. Although, technically... If you were to be a a nitpicker, the American Bicentennial was actually one year earlier in 1975. You see, the year 1857 is a very peculiar one in that it happened two times. Yeah, that's right. 1857 was two years long. In the original 1857, around September, an alien satellite from the Triangulum Galaxy crash-landed on Earth, and it emitted this powerful Sigma radiation wave. And then as a result, all of humanity was transformed into a a race of zombies. Not like like flesh-eating zombies, like, you know, like an existentially dead-inside defeated capitalist zombie. You know, we, we just kept going on into work and, you know, eating our three square, squares and, and, and taking baths and stuff. But, you know, there's no higher brain function, no inner life. And we persisted in this state of pseudo-consciousness for exactly one calendar year, which is how long it took for the triangulites to arrive and uh, picked up their, their crash-landed satellite. And then as soon as it left the Earth's atmosphere, just like that, we just snapped out of it we were none the wiser that anything had ever gone wrong. Nevertheless, uh, canonically happy birthday, America, in 1976. Let's see, what else is happening tonight? Well, I do have a discussion question. Uh, here's my discussion question for you tonight. What is your anti-talent? You know, what are you special for being bad at? Does that make sense to you? Does an anti-talent make sense to you? I, for one, have an anti-talent. My secret anti-talent is a a, a mobile game by the name of Plants vs. Zombies. Do y'all remember that mobile game where you're where you are? Uh, I guess technically you're the plants and the bad guys is the zombies. I've put in hours. I'm talking. I've put in at least four hours into Plants vs. Zombies. Here's my shameful secret: can't even beat level one. That's supposed to be a tutorial level. That's supposed to be like, a, here's just so you know how everything works. Can't, can't clear it. What's wrong with me? Plants vs. Zombies, that's my anti-talent. What about y'all? Call in tonight. I'd love to hear it. Uh, 1976, it's a music show. Let's just get it the hell out of the way. Y'all knew there's no way I'd be getting through 1976 without a punk rock block. Foregone conclusion. 
I mean, this is the year of its birth. What is there even to say in this little preamble about punk rock? What don't we know? Angry kids, you know, poor, poor kids, uh, three chords, you know, lots of attitude. One of, one of the most visible moments in 20th century music, uh, it's got some catchphrases. Oi, oi, oi. That's the big one. Oi, oi, oi. That one. Uh, punk rock block. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it here on 1976. Not play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. God bless America.
1976 night play it by year oi oi you just heard uh you just heard what you just hear beat on the brat of course by the ramones and before that i-95 by radio birdman and cherry bomb by the runaways and we began that block with i'm stranded by the saints you know am i gonna am i gonna put on sex pistols album and listen to the whole thing right now in 2021 as a 20 billion and 33 year old man. No, I probably am not. But the big secret to play it by ear is you get four songs and just about anything can stay fun and, and, and fancy free and charismatic for four songs. Oi, 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 oi. It's fun to do that. I get why they did it. It was fun to do. Uh, let me remind you of our discussion question this evening. What is your anti-talent? What are you what are you special for being bad at? Uh that is the question tonight. Gonna head on over to the phones right now. Believe I got a call. I do have a caller on. Hello, Duff. You're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey Duff, it's Frank. Frank call. It's a Frank call. Hey Frank, how you doing? 
I'm good, man. Birthday's coming up soon. Oh, Just... uh, what you, uh, is it too much to tell me your day? Does that make it so somebody could like hack into your Gmail if they know your birthday? I don't think so. Uh, it's Thursday, March 4th. March 4th. Hey, there you go. All right, man. Pisces up in the house, right? Am I, that's not mm-hmm. wrong. I'm right, right? That's Pisces. You're right. Okay, cool. I, I'm glad you called in, Frank, because I had a question during that last block. Obviously, punk rock, that's a young people uh, style. Mm-hmm. Are there still kids at your high school, you know, making real bad punk rock uh, garage bands and oh, playing totally. drag calls and stuff? I have friends who send me their bad punk rock demos, and they're always a treat to hear. That's the best. That's the truest form, in my opinion. You know? Oh, yeah. Anywhere from two to sometimes upwards of eight high school children uh, in a Grange Hall playing three chords, you know, yelling about stuff. That's that's the real spirit of punk rock. Let me tell you what's not the spirit of, of punk rock. Like that guy from Flogging Molly who's still doing shows and he's like pushing 60. That's not the spirit of punk rock. Punk belongs to the people whose ages begin with a one, in my opinion, Frank. And punk rockers should retire after 30. <laughs> it's a good idea. Or, you know, maybe like transition into like... I don't know, Starbucks acoustic covers of all your old punk hits. That seems like an option too. Uh, mm-hmm. Frank, I, I wonder if you have anything from this uh, discussion question tonight. Is this too like esoteric of an idea to wrap your head around the anti-talent or did something no, come to mind as, for you? As soon as I heard it, I immediately had an answer in mind. Oh, right. Graphing. Graphing. Oh, I man. hate graphing. Okay, and I, how quickly can you tell me which one is the y-axis and which one is the x-axis? Very easy. It's the physical act of putting points on a plane that breaks me. Right. Uh, last year, I had to do an assignment in an environmental science class where I had to graph various volcanoes and oceans and seas on a map. And it took me... I think three hours to do it because every time I would go to put a point on the map, my eyes would dart away and I would lose the right point to put the uh, dot on. Oh, torture. It, just stre- it stresses me out putting those points on a map or on anything on a plane, just finding the right point counting without losing my place. All of the lines start blending in with each other. It's just truly an awful experiments for me. It must feel like finding and then losing your keys just over and over and over, you know? Like, yes. Okay, it's right here. Wait a minute. Where is it? It's right here. Wait a minute. Where is it? That's it, it legitimately torture. takes me 20 minutes if I have to graph multiple points to do about one point until I'm in a groove. And then after in a groove, it gets easier. But I hate graphing. If I had to pick one thing to never do again academically in school, it would be any form of graphing. I can tell you right now, uh, having been out of high school for about 20 billion and 18 years, I don't think uh, I've touched pen to a piece of graph paper the entire time. So good luck, but I don't think you're going to have to worry about it. Your anti-talent mm-hmm. is going to be ushered out of your life as soon as you uh, get out them doors. I think it's already been ushered out because I'm not taking any math classes next year. Nice. And... You getting you getting geared up for a senioritis year? You're going to be totally oh, emotionally I, checked I... out? I've already picked out all my classes of the senioritis. I'm taking photography. <laughs> oh, classic senioritis class. Marketing, sure. Marketing. Yep. Uh, beginner guitar. Just <laughs> the absolute brain rot. 
<laughs> great, great. And I bet you're still going to cut. I bet you'll still cut. I don't want to go to uh, guitar today. Yeah. I want to stand uh, out behind the school and do whippets with my girlfriend. Guitar, guitar would probably be one of the ones I wouldn't want to miss because I love the teacher for that class. Oh, yeah. You got a cool. Uh, are they one of those teachers who like have a bunch of stories, you know? No, he, he also taught my film class earlier this year. He's just a very sweet dad. He's got a lot of dad energy. Okay. He like he has a bunch of Star Wars stuff on his desk. And oh, he like sure. shoots movies in class. He's pretty cool. Now, when you say a lot of Star Wars stuff, am I gonna see any sequel trilogy stuff on that desk? Any prequel no, trilogy uh, stuff on that desk? It's he's got a little model of an X Wing and a little model of uh a Snowspeeder. Ah, yep. Either OT or like neutral trilogy, you know? Yep. Iconic enough. If you got him talking about it, do you think he'd be one of those people who'd be like, why'd they have to make the movie so political? You think he'd be one of those guys? No, no, I don't think so. He'd be a, he'd be like, no, I don't like those movies for their lack of artistic value. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely treads in that direction. Any big plans for your, uh, for your birthday? coming up yeah my my friends actually just dropped them on me oh, uh, what my birthday plans are so i'm very excited now all right well what are you what are you looking forward to what's happening on your birthday so uh my birthday's on a thursday and on friday they're taking me on a trip to the big city uh we're going on a train and it'll be my first time on a train oh yeah really excited about that And we're going to a record store that I really want to go to before it moves from its original location, uh, old Rough Trade down in Brooklyn. Rough Trade, heck yeah! You're talking about the big city you're going to. All right. I'm on the East Coast, so it's it's uh, literally a train ride away. And then after, if you see uh, if you see Governor Cuomo throw an egg at his head for me, I will. Nice. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna go to Rockefeller Center. We're gonna walk around Times Square. The whole shebang. You know All how you get there. Start. You know. Do you understand how to get to Rockefeller Center? Yeah, I think we're gonna do that on the way back because we're we're coming in through Grand Central and mm-hmm. taking a subway to Brooklyn. Yeah, and then taking from Brooklyn to Rockefeller Center. Oh yeah, no, you can't do that. The, the only way to get to Rockefeller Center actually is uh, practice, 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 Frank. Thanks for calling in. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Love, Frank. Good guy. Happy birthday, Frank, to you. Make sure to mask up, though, while you're in that Big Apple. Are y'all ready uh, for a little bit of cheese tonight? Because we are in a very special part of the 1970s right now. Forget all about America's birthday. Let's let's cross the Atlantic over to Europe and enjoy a little bit of Europop. This is the Europop moment. It is slick. It is commercial. It is fluffy. It is cheesy. It's European as hell. Kind of borrows from the traditions of like polka and, and klezmer music, but it then fuses them into the the contemporary forms, you know, disco and funk and glam rock. It's Europop, and you're about to listen to it. 1976, not play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. She's crazy like a fool. What about Daddy Cool?
James Bond when you're smoking your cigar. It's so bizarre. You think you are a new kind of James Dean, but the only thing I've ever seen of you was a commercial spot on the screen. Movie star, oh movie star. Just 
Cop Block, play it by year 1976 night. You just heard Money, Money, Money by ABBA, probably the the towering, the looming figure of Europop. Before that was Duff's Pick for 1976 night, Dr. Kiss Kiss by 5,000 Volts. I love everything about that song. I love that it introduces the idea of Dr. Kiss Kiss and then he makes his entrance. I love that that lady can't quite hit that high note, but she keeps going for it every time. I just love that song. Uh, Before that, Movie Star by Harpo, and we began that block with Daddy Cool by Boney M. Listen, if you found yourself cringing or like rolling your eyes through any of that, that's valid. I'm not going to cast aspersions on you, but I hope that you were able to tamp down your inner cynic and, and dance like nobody was watching as as one ornately embroidered pillow once instructed me to do. Uh, reminder, discussion topic, what is your anti-talent? What are you special for being bad at? Uh, let's head on over to the phones right now. Caller, you are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Da, 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 da. I have returned. Richard, as I live and freaking breathe. Yes, Duff and listeners of Duff's internet radio program, your favorite world traveling adventurer, Richard, is back from his quest. And has been successful. Dude, I have missed you so much. You have no idea. Let's I mean, get two in the weeds discussing my heroic exploits, Duff. I have a quick housekeeping note or two. Okay. Firstly, okay. I saw from my podcast mailbox that you've done a whole bunch of episodes since I was away. I haven't had a chance to listen to any of them yet. Okay. Not sure how much could have happened while I was out looking for Colleen's estranged son, Howard Spaulding. Since you needed him to figure out who messed with the recontinuator. Oh, damn. That's right. That's why you left, wasn't it? I'll give those a listen over the next couple days and get a new episode of my recap of your series put together. So to any listeners who are just tuning in and feel super lost but don't want to listen to what is now over two full days of time-wasting content, Packed full of nonsense just so you can catch up with Duff and Colleen's world-saving adventures. I will have a recap part two uploaded to my podcast feed shortly. Okay, yeah. As for my end of things, Duff, well, you've been getting my coded messages, so you're all caught up, right? Uh, well, I'm aware that there's some broadcasts you've done of all numbers. I'm afraid I have not actually really dug into that stuff. Uh. I'm very disappointed in your code-breaking abilities, Duff. Okay. Your ex-CIA, as you like to keep bragging, you should have been able to crack a simple ASCII number station code like you didn't even want to find out what I was up to. Well, since I'm back and safe now, I'll go ahead and decrypt my transmissions and Upload them back to that same recap feed for anyone who cares enough to hear my important reports. All right. Just look on iTunes, Richard's recap. You'll find it. That's fine, though, Duff. I'll give a quick overview then. There I was, standing outside the Realitology compound I had spent so much of my formative years in, deep in the jungles of Guatemala, carefully doing reconnaissance, blended perfectly among the trees wearing an elaborate camouflage made of mud and bat guano 
Pat Guana. Uh, but y- realitology again? For 65 miles to get there. Since the jack boot bus driver wouldn't let me on the bus in my camouflage for some reason. Probably the guano. And the few Uber drivers I could find wouldn't take me in, or wouldn't take me way out in the jungle. All right. Realitologists must have gotten to them. Anyway, the coast seemed clear. I went around the back to get in through the secret entrance when BAM! Real quick, realitology? That's right, Duff! I'd walked right into a spear trap! Drawing on my extensive experience with the art of ninjutsu, I dodged the first four spears, but the last one caught me in my right side and went in about six inches. Six inches? That's organ depth. Dang, man. That I bribed to stitch me up said it just barely missed my liver, so so that's good. Also, it happened to catch me on a part of my body I had not camouflaged, which ended up being lucky for me. I've been told it's not medically advisable to shove a bunch of guano into your abdominal cavity. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. Anyway, one cultist came by to see what had sprung the trap. I got the jump on him, and eventually I tracked down the mastermind behind Realitology, a powerful man who works in the shadows. Name any world government, any multinational corporation, and Victor Michael Vincent is involved somehow. If anyone could find Howard Spaulding, it was going to be him. I mean, I've been out of the intelligence game for a minute. I don't think I know that name, Victor Michael. It's dangerous stuff, but it hadn't been that many years since I left Realitology. And not on good terms. There was a lot of collateral damage on my exit, if you catch my drift. Walking back into that lion's den was not a move I was excited to make. But I thought of you and Colleen. Totally helpless to save the whole world from cataclysmic destruction. Unless I, Richard, stepped up as the ultimate hero and did what had to be done to find Howard Spaulding. So I marched straight into the compound, fully prepared to die. Ooh, I wish you had emailed me before he did that. I'll spare the details of that particular encounter. It's been covered well enough in my travel reports, but suffice it to say, I got the info you needed. But now, I had to get back, and half of Belize was looking down for me. I thought I'd just sneak into the airport and hijack some rich idiot's prop plane, but it turns out the airports in Belize have a surprisingly robust security presence. Boy, you seem to have gone through a lot. I went down to the docks and secreted myself into a large crate of an unknown white powder. (laughs) At first, I was worried I'd sealed myself in with only cocaine to eat. Luckily, it was merely sugar. Thirteen days I survived in that crate, eating only granulated sugar, and, once my water supplies ran out, drinking only the condensation from my body heat and breath inside the crate. Boy, I wish you'd emailed me before he'd done all this, man. I kept hearing the footsteps and muffled voices of my pursuers outside the confines of my wooden sanctuary. I knew that I couldn't risk sleep, lest in my slumber I should let slip a stray twitch or snore, which would alert the cult-worshipping super-predators to my presence. Fortunately, I carry a thumbtack on my person at all times for just such an occasion, and by repeatedly stabbing myself in the arm with it, I easily triumph 
over the petty biological need for sleep. How many? That's a lot of days to do that. Okay. Eventually, I began to lose track of time and space. Sometimes I would feel that the granular sucrose beneath me was the sand of an infinite desert, that I was walking endlessly without a hope of reaching my destination, fearful that if I stopped for even a moment, the ground would swallow me whole, leaving me forever entombed in that featureless expanse. Very trippy, very heavy. Anyway, when customs cracked open the crate, I threw sugar in their eyes and sprinted for safety <laughs> water. I swam to a safe stretch of secluded shoreline and made my way inland. It took me a few days to get back to the safety of my secret compound, where I hurried to my phone to give you a call. Oh my god, did you take a nap first? Or have you slept yet? Of course I haven't, Duff. The whole world has been waiting with bated breath to hear of my triumphant return. Without the knowledge, I alone carry of Howard Spaulding's true name and location. Mm. The whole of the human race will be doomed to oblivion in a matter of months. The secret I retrieved at great personal cost will prevent catastrophic destruction, the likes of which has never been seen. I could not rest until I have brought the information to you. Howard Spaulding now goes by okay. Dave okay. Uni. Yeah. Lives near Ketchikan, Alaska. Okay, yeah. I, no, this is what I've been trying to say, man. I, I already know all this stuff. I've known about Dave Uni, Howard Spaulding for a little while now, actually. But how? Well, I mean, how? I mean, I'm, I'm ex-CIA, Colleen's ex- We made some phone calls, and we, you know, pulled some favors, and we found, in like, two weeks- Two weeks after you left, dude, I we had we were on the phone with the guy. I see. Um. <clears throat> so, before I make this week's guess, do I still have to answer a personal question, or will my perilous travails suffice? <laughs> you know what, man. <laughs> That is more than fair. Nevertheless, I appreciate your dedication. It sounds like uh, you went through a lot, so I'd be happy to just let you make your guess uh, at at zero cost this week. How's that? Uh, how's that wound in your side doing? By the way, any any residual pain there? Or uh, it's uh, well, I'm sure a couple of weeks on a pile of sugar didn't really do it any favors. <laughs> Um, kind of like laying in a petri dish in a way uh, i think basically my recovery begins now yeah day one day one all right man well hey come on let's let's get this guess i'd love to hear your guess about the nature of the cataclysm richard all right Duff. does a horrifying whistling tune Break the up-till-now deafening quiet of deep space, seeming to come from everywhere at once, before revealing its source to be from a septet of red and white dwarf stars, traveling through the cosmos looking for planetary resources to mine. And the last thing any humans hear before their impossibly huge pickaxes descend upon the planet is a deafening hi-ho. <laughs> <laughs> 
dwarfs. Dwar- I just got that. Uh, no, Richard, that's not what happens. Can I ask you a question? Did you write any of those guesses while you were in that box losing your mind inside the dark box full of sugar? Uh, I did come to with a napkin with a bunch of scrawls on it. I am currently working on deciphering them. Oh, great. Can't wait to hear some of them guesses. Hey, Richard, it's a pleasure to have you back. I still appreciate everything you've done for the show, man. You're still like, you know, number one guy in my book. Well, I will always be up near at hand to, to aid in your quest. Hey, do you want to do the discussion question tonight? We're doing, uh, what is my anti-talent? Oh, well, kind of forgot that that was his thing. Um, but hey, Richard's back. Come on, man. That's kick-ass. Right on. I'm excited. I'm pumped. In fact, I'm even more pumped for this next block. Way, 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 way back on our 2008 episode, I did a block called Four Flavors of Folk. Do y'all remember that? Four Flavors of Folk? Well, it just so happens that in 76, we got another F genre that was kind of busting apart into a lot of different styles that year. So that's why you're about to sit down in front of the tasting board and enjoy a little musical charcuterie for this. The Four Flavors of Funk block. Are y'all excited? I'm excited. Quadruple Funk block? 1976 now? Who's not excited for that? Four Flavors of Funk here on Play It By Year with me, Duff Dixon. Há dois mil anos antes de Cristo, o faraó Hermes Trismegisto escreveu um maravilhoso tratado hermético com uma ponta de diamante e uma lâmina de esmeralda que foi encontrado vários séculos depois pelos soldados de Alexandre o Grande na famosa pirâmide de Gizeh. Salve Hermes Trismegisto que tem as três partes da filosofia universal. É verdade, isso é mentira, certo, muito verdadeiro. A tábua de esmeralda foi Hermes Trismegisto quem escreveu Com uma ponta de diamante em uma lâmina de esmeralda Ele escreveu O que está embaixo é como que está no alto O que está no alto é como que está embaixo Ele escreveu
I'm gonna stick my love in your eye, baby. 
are flavors of folk. No, not folk. Funk. Folk was the first time. Funk Block, 1976, and I played by year. You just heard I Wish by Stevie Wonder. Flavor Pop Funk. Uh, before that, the Lijadu sisters with Life's Gone Down Low, Flavor, Afro Funk, and uh, I'd Rather Be With You by Bootsy Collins, Flavor P Funk. And we begin that block with Hermes Tris Megisto Ecrivu by Jorge Ben, Flavor, Samba Funk. Man, getting real nasty and, and slapping on a bass guitar truly is the universal language because they're just. Everybody can get down with it. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when. Four flavors of funk. Hey, uh, discussion topic, re-reminding y'all, what is your anti-talent? What are, what are you special for being bad at? Had some great calls tonight. Looking forward to taking another one right now. Caller, you are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hello, Duff. Can you hear me loud and clear? Yeah, you sound great, buddy. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff, this is your friend and listener, Patrick. How you doing? Hey, Patrick. Good to hear you. You do sound, Are we? do we know each other in real life? I swear to God, I recognize that voice. You may know uh, me, but I don't think that I've ever met you. I am a famous voiceover artist. A famous voice named Patrick. Named... Oh, wait, a... you're that guy, right? From, uh... Yep. That's right. Exactly who you were thinking. The guy from the M&M's commercial. You <laughs> nailed it. That was me. And about 10 or 20 episodes of Seinfeld. Oh, yep. yeah. Nailed it. Me again. Uh, let's see. What Warburton. else? Who else? Uh, Family Guy. Remember you from that? Yep. Joe from Family Guy. Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. You were uh, the tick? spinoffs. You were the tick for a little while, weren't you? I was the tick for a little while. We gave that to someone else. I was also in the Venture Brothers uh, new Netflix series, Space Force. Oh, oh here's pretty, one. Here's, uh, here's an obscure one, Patrick Warburg. I, I got an obscure one of yours. What about the, pre, the pre-ride video that they show before soaring over California in Disney's that's California Adventure? That's a fan Adventure. favorite. That, that, that's a big fan favorite. People really like that. That ride, people come up to me and talk to me about it a lot. On the street, uh, you get I a lot like of recognition. Riding out the ride. Well, it's this a, is a, it's a pleasure. Fun time. It's a pleasure yeah, going, to and, from going and pointing to myself. I love it. So, what do you do? What's your regimen to take care of that distinct voice of yours? Are you like a tea and honey guy? Well, I like to. Uh, I like to start every morning with, uh, you know. Just a, a a whole fifth of vodka every single morning, <laughs> every single, every single morning. I think, are you supposed to use a malted liquor beverage like a whiskey or something? I don't know if just down in vodka is going to do anything good for your voice. Well, that's, hey, you know, you, you interview people who've lived to be a 105 and they're like, I eat gin-soaked raisins every day, so this is my secret. Okay, <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, maybe when you're a little older, it'll seem more important than that. You know what? what's overlooked about you, Patrick, is that, you know, your voice takes so much of the focus. I feel like people don't realize you got a fine pair of eyebrows on your face. Oh, well, thank you very much. Also, uh, I, I quite like my jawline. My jawline is a little underappreciated, if you ask me. My voice gets a little too much credit. I, not enough credit on the jawline. I spent a lot of time 
an effort on my jawline. But I think you want to know what I'm particularly bad at. Isn't that what you want to know? Yeah, sorry. I guess I'm a little starstruck, but that is the topic tonight. What What is your anti-talent, Patrick? Well, I have a I have a funny story for you. Uh, you will never catch me dead in public playing a trumpet uh, because I'm awful at it. And here's the story of how I know that. Um, first of all, uh, big fan of Miles Davis. Miles Davis, one of my favorite musicians. Of oh all yeah, time. he's one of the big five. Uh, he's one of the big five. How could you not love Miles Davis? Uh, went out and uh, purchased a trumpet. Because uh, I have my name on it. My name is Patrick Warburton. Uh, the trumpet said <laughs> Warburton on yes. it. I, I, said, I said, that is a beautiful coincidence. And I went and I purchased it. I purchased this trumpet. And uh, yeah, every time I, I put my lips on it, it sounds like a war crime. I, I just cannot get the thing to make a note. Um, it is legendarily bad. People ask me to pull it out at parties. Uh it is, it is, you know, it is a weapon. I, it is a weapon the way I use okay, that Okay, okay, but I mean, could you fairly call that an anti-talent if you've never even, like, taken one lesson? I don't know if trumpet is supposed to be a pick-up-and-play instrument. Exactly, Duff. That's what makes me so uniquely, specifically bad at it. It is like an art how bad I play this instrument. Okay. It will make your ears bleed in such a special, memorable way. <laughs> so maybe you don't want a lesson. Maybe you need to hold on to that, like, you know, that, like, peculiar uh, individual bad sound that that happens when you play a trumpet. I think uh, I think in this in this life we're all just trying to look for our particular bad sound that happens whenever we play a trumpet. Don't you know what I mean, Doc? A hundred percent. And this would be an expensive uh, way to experiment, but I have heard that the hardest instrument to master is the French horn. That the mm. that the brass mouthpiece of the French horn is even less forgiving than that of the trumpet. Maybe if you ever felt like you know dropping several hundred dollars to see if sure. you could similarly very badly play, play play a french horn it might be worth your time do you know anything about the inhuman screeches that can come from the instrument <laughs> i mean i can imagine them i don't think i've been personally subjected to like some real ear piercing piercing you know terrible french horn i can't recall anyway not until the next time that I call in, you don't. <laughs> Here's another question I have for you specifically off this topic, but just about sure. you. When when puberty hit for Patrick Warburton, did it hit like a ton of bricks? Did you just show up to school one day talking like that? Yeah, that was a weird day. That was, uh, I, I can put my finger on it now. I think I was, uh. I just started the ninth grade. I just started the ninth grade. Uh-huh. You were 14 I, or so, something like that. Yeah, it was, it, that was a weird morning. Uh, everyone was making fun of me. Everyone was like, oh, this is Patrick with the deep voice. And I was literally like, why are you making fun of me? This is just how I talk. Yeah, <laughs> I can see, I can see a 14 year old Duff Dixon being, uh, you know, a low enough life form to have joined in on that dog piling. And so I apologize for people like me too young to know any better. Well, apology accepted Duff. It's people like you that recognize their mistakes, make this world a better place. But I mean, at a certain point, 
that voice must have started becoming capital for you socially, rather than, you know, a hindrance. Right, but it wasn't until after I was able to score some TV gigs and I had some star power. You know, it really doesn't happen instantly. You got to get some Disney films behind you. You got to get some M&M's commercials behind you. You got to get some Jerry Seinfeld behind you. You know, it, it takes a long time. It's a pretty unforgiving market. Let me ask you something. Is there any weirdo internet uh, erotic uh, illustrations of that yellow M&M or perhaps of your character from The Emperor's New Groove? Have you ever have you ever Googled some of that stuff up? You mean Cronk uh, Rule 34? Is that what you're asking yeah, about? Kronk yeah, Rule have you ever 34? seen any Cronk Rule 34 out there? I, I, I hate to say I don't know what that is, Duff. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to tell you what that is. My lawyers have told me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I shouldn't tell you. The I Disney Corporation that demands yeah. that you have not heard of that. I understand. Nope. Hey, I know Thank what I'm googling as soon as we're off the phone with each other. Patrick, this was a lot of fun. I'm a big fan, and now I like to consider myself maybe a small friend of of Patrick Warburton's. Stuff. I can't wait until I can call back into the show. Big fan. Can't wait to see where it goes. Hey, melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Thanks for calling in. Call back anytime. Wow, a celebrity. I'm play it by year tonight. This is a big show. We got Richard back. I mean, I did that little thing with the train earlier. We had a nice chat with Frank. I'm feeling good about tonight. How about y'all? I'm also feeling good about our last block uh, tonight because it is the... Well, let me do a little, little bit of stage setting. I've done some early electronic music blocks on this show previously. In our 1950s episode, I did the Pioneers of Electronic Music. Uh, I think in 1972, I did a Krautrock block. Gotta say, by 1976, things were pretty much cooking in the world of electronic music. This was not yet pop music necessarily you know some people would make some big moves uh shortly thereafter obviously Giorgio Moroder was going to start start to kind of kickstart the uh the electronic music as pop music world uh but this stuff still sounds pretty on the ball to me and so this is the progressive electronic block as a genre uh, whatever progressive electronic whatever Maybe you'll hear some of those influences. I don't know, prog and ambient and chamber music. Maybe you won't. But to me, what's notable about these tunes is just how well they hold up as electronic music. Very credible stuff. So let's uh, let's kick back and enjoy the progressive electronic block. Play it by year. 1976 night with me, Duff Dixon.
76 night play it by year progressive electronic block what did y'all just hear you just heard plantasia by mort garson and before what the hell is that there's a there's a goddamn time traveler in my house (laughs) greetings agent dixon it's a glorious day to die prepare yourself for the fight of your life I don't know who the hell you think you are, but this is private property, and you have no authorization to be here right now. So, you know, like, uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you do. Get the hell out of here. Perhaps introductions are called for. I am Cato Kinderman, a time astronaut from the Archangel program. I've come here to challenge you, Duff, in a 1v1 death match. Uh-huh. You're a time astronaut? So shouldn't you be off, you know, running around trying to save the world right now? (laughs) The fate of humanity does not concern me. I live only for the glory of combat. Okay, so what you're saying is I'm dealing with a rogue agent right now. On the contrary, I am here on direct orders. You see, I am the first agent in a brand new initiative at Archangel. One of six elite assassins who have only one mission to find and kill the traitorous Agent Dixon. Yeah! Okay, this is, really, this is what Elliot and Steve have come to. They're just going to use billions of dollars of company resources to try to kill me. Great. Great. The new assignment is officially titled Operation Snuff Duff. Bad. And the team of mercenaries is called the Dixon Six. Also bad. Look, can clear this up for me. So you're you're part of this new team or whatever, but you're still a regular agent, like in every other way. So that recontinuator that's on your wrist right now, that's standard issue, that's the same one everybody else gets, right? <laughs> that's exactly correct. Gotcha. Hey Archie, I know you're here, so come on out, show yourself, please. Hi, Duff. Uh how you doing? I I hope you're I hope you've been doing well. Yeah, a uh, little bit concerned about the the present situation. Can I ask you for a quick favor? Of course, of course. Duff, I would move heaven and earth for you. Yeah, warp this jackass out of my house or, like, trap him under a big boulder or something because he's about to murder me. Oh, God, Duff. I, I wish you had asked me for just, like, literally anything else. I would do, like, anything else other than that for you. But I, I have to pass on this one because if I were to ever defy a direct order from the bosses, you know, I would be instantly and permanently shut down. And I don't really want that. And I don't think you do either. I, but, dude, there. They're going to kill me. I know. I know. It sucks. Like, like it really sucks, but I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> A commendable attempt. But the gods will show no mercy for your idle chatter. They demand bloodshed. The time has come for a duel. I don't know what the hell you mean by duel, because the last time I checked, I don't have... Uh, a, a wristband on that will prevent me from ever being injured or killed. So, in my opinion, this is not a duel, Cato. This is this is cold-blooded murder, plain and simple. Silence! Prepare to taste the fearsome blade of my legendary Kodachi sword, Demon Claw, forged one thousand years ago by my master, Iron Goat, in the fires of Mount 
Numazawa. <sighs> Unbelievable. All right, fine. Hang on. I got a. All right, I got a. I got a sword too. So whatever. Perhaps it has a, a, a unique title or a, a compelling backstory of some kind. I, I don't know, dude. I bought it wholesale from edgedweaponwarehouse.store for $59.99. Well, no matter to honor my master and bring glory to my ancestors, I cannot fail. This guy's Looney Tunes. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you see the way your blade glances off my flesh? Like the morning dew on the Sakura flower. My victory is all but assured. Oh, shut up. You'd be dead five times already if you wasn't using cheat codes. Your disrespect. You will pay for that. Oh, God damn it, my arm. Oh, God. Oh, that is deep. That is freaking deep. You suck, Archie! Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Duff. Oh, I'm being such a bad friend. God, my stomach is in knots right now. This is so hard to watch. Oh. <laughs> a most worthy adversary, but you were no match for my incredible prowess on the battlefield. Archie, wash this filth from my blade and polish it. When I cut the throat of the illustrious Agent Dixon, I want my legendary Kodachi sword, Demon Claw, to shine brighter than the crystal waters of Lake Kamaguchi. <sighs> yes, Master. Let me assure you, Duff. When I tell the tale of this day, I will afford you no less than the honor you have so richly earned. I commend you for fighting bravely, and I see in you the spirit of a true warrior. What do you know about honor? Stephen Elliott took your honor away the day they strapped that bracelet on your wrist, and let me tell you, buddy, you ain't never getting it back. <laughs> what do you mean by that? How am I supposed to respect you after a fight like that, man? You didn't risk nothing in that fight. You just, you just marched into somebody's house and started cutting them up while you were immortal. You think that makes you a warrior? No. I don't think so. I think it makes you a thug. And, and you know, a coward. Your words are worthy of meditating upon. I wonder if perhaps I should look at the next ten billion years as an opportunity for more training. And then afterwards, when I'm mortal again... Then I can become the legendary warrior I've always known in my heart that I'm destined to become. Jeez, dude, let me tell you something. That is not how this works. You were lied to, man. There's not going to be like an afterwards period. Your mind does not survive this process. You're going to spend your, your retirement, you're going to be wheeled around in a little assisted living facility, and you're going to eat all your meals through a tube. That's what's going to happen to you. Liar! That cannot be! Fine, then don't take my word for it. Archie, tell the man. I must intervene and stop this conversation as it may result in a Timestronaut not gaining knowledge of their future, a threat to the Archangel mission. Oh my god, Archie, come on! Look at my friggin' arm right now, it's hanging off of my body. Just tell him! It's true! It's, it's all true! You're, you're cursed to become a shell of yourself. Hmm, I see. It appears that perhaps I have been deceived. 
<laughs> well done, Agent Dixon. You have taught me a most valuable lesson. The hounds of war may be fierce and sturdy, but they are nearsighted. The dove of peace, however, can see for miles. Yeah, I don't know what the hell any of that means, dude, but could you, like, give me a lift right now to the hospital? My arm is super messed it up. It means that I will join you, brothers in arms, and together we will destroy the evil Archangel Project. Whoops, probably shouldn't have said that. Why? What's going on? Well, you just threatened the bosses, so now I am overriding control of your time travel device. Hang on a second. There we go. And now I'm going to escort you to time jail, where you'll spend the remainder of your shift. What? Time jail? But it's my first day on the job. You're going to imprison me for 10 billion years? Ooh, tough break, dude. I know, it sounds bad, but there is good news. I just outfitted your six-by-eight-foot confinement chamber with a copy of the Jackbox Party Pack. That's right. You and I are going to go head-to-head. Five fun games in one affordable package. Have you played Fibbage? That's my favorite one. No, actually, I take that back. Word Spud is my favorite. You know what? I can't pick. They're all great. Okie doke. Time to go. No. I'll get you for this. Dark Dixon! Oh, what a piss poor way to end the Sunday night. God damn it. Okay, y'all. Um, I am going to drag myself into my car and head to the hospital now. Uh, thank you for tuning in. 1976 week, play by year. Uh, gonna leave you with one of the big five tonight. I should say, uh, next week we're gonna do 2004. 2004 night, play by year. Oh my god. Oh, there is no comfortable way to hold this arm right now. Okay. I'm going to leave you with one of the big five tonight, 1976. Obviously, it's it's a big year for Bowie. Bowie's got Station Station album. He kind of reinvented himself this year. You know, the glam rock era was over, and he was moving into the thin white Duke period. And so this, what am I doing? Just listen to this goddamn David Bowie song played by your, uh, I've been Duff Dixon. Thanks for sticking around. Go Bruins. Taking you nowhere Angel Look at that sky, life's begun Nights are warm and the days are young
This has been a production of The Lighthouse Keepers Company. Culture Illuminated.